1: The main question today is Who do you
0: trust anymore? The news is dead. Medicine is dead. Science is dead. Religion is dead. Who do you trust? Now, don't call and say you trust me. That's not what I'm caging for here. Do you trust anyone anymore? Are there any institutions that you trust? The church you trust? The media you trust? Who do you trust in the media? Well, don't call with names. I don't really want to hear about the names. You know media is not trustworthy. The media is basically a, an entertainment division of entertainment companies. Medicine, you trust doctors anymore? There are great doctors out there, but by and large, you know it's a business. You understand it's a commercial venture. When you're sick, it's a commercial venture. Burn, cut, and poison. You trust your veterinarian? Bring your dog in with the tumor, they try to sell you 53 different things you don't need when you know the dog's going to die. You trust journalism. So I will not attack Donald Trump, even though we know that uh, it, it's a fool's errand to attack Donald Trump on a show like mine, even though there are things that are disturbing, such as peddling his golf course in Doral Hotel at the G7 meeting. I mean, it's cringeworthy, to be honest with you. If it was Obama doing it, you wouldn't hear the end of it. But all right, there's uh, there's no percentage in me making the obvious statements about Donald Trump. There's enough people attacking him. He doesn't need me as a supporter to say things that should be said by advisors to him. And it makes you wonder, does he have any advisors that he listens to? I don't think so. But I don't want to talk about him. I want to talk about something more universally interesting and important to all of us as humans who will be here after he has left the presidency, whether it be two or six years from now. There will be a world after Donald Trump. And you're going to be living in it, most of you. And who would you trust in that world? And I think that it all leads back to only one thing, which is God. I didn't say organized religion necessarily. Although organized religion has a great role in bringing the average person to God who needs the institution and the rituals to get there, not everyone could find God with his back to a tree. Do you understand that? Not, not, the average person needs the institution of the church or the synagogue, I guess in some cases, to bring him to God. But the average person is not the average person anymore. The world has become so cynical, I don't know if it's ever been this cynical, now, maybe I'm looking at tabloids too much. You know, before the show, from early in the morning, I'm looking at news sites, and I cannot believe the level of depravity that man is inflicting upon man. And, of course, we're being lied to about who's perpetrating most of these horrendous crimes. Most of us are living in a world of suspended animation. We're told that a certain group is a victim when most of the perpetrators are that, from that group. We're told that the group that takes it takes it and takes it and takes it and takes it and provides almost all the taxes as the evil one. And we sit here taking it, waiting for someone to come along and stand up and say, go drop dead, we're not taking it anymore. But no one has come along to say it. Instead, we live in this world of suspended animation, waiting for someone to come along and set the record straight. Just saw a story, Little Neck, New York. Two men, two gentlemen broke into a house with guns. Two gentlemen. You have to read the whole story to find out who the two gentlemen are or watch the video. Two gentlemen broke into a... Now, the house was occupied by Asian women. They were, they were beaten. They were raped. The daughter was raped. The mother was raped. The house was ransacked. Asian community, Little Neck, New York. And you're supposed to say, well, there's no pattern here. You know, I'm watching a show called um, Mindhunter on Netflix, about the establishment of a unit in the FBI, the early days of the establishment of a unit that investigated mass murderers. It's kind of depressing in some ways to watch it. Maybe I shouldn't be watching it, but I'm fascinated by the characters as they are portrayed, some of the finest acting, directing I've seen in a long time. I really don't know who did this show. It starts out slowly, but when they interview some of the mass murderers, including the son of Sam, the actor is astounding who plays Berkowitz actor is astounding and you get into the mind of these mass murderers the psychopaths in the prison as they're being interviewed of course it's it's not a documentary It's, it's an actor's the job is so phenomenally well done but it's eerie to think that the human mind can become so depraved that it could do things like this to other human beings and not in a time of war we know what the nazis did in a time of war We know what the Hutus and Tutsis did to each other in Africa. We know that the the, the Cambodians butchered each other. We understand these things happen in times of war and revolution. But in a time of peace, to see, see things like this going on, taking boys off the street and raping them until they're dead in the basement, for example, mass murderers, or doing it to girls, it doesn't matter whether boys or girls, but what kind of mind does this? What kind of mind does this? So I was told stop watching it and stop looking at videos and stop looking at the darkness of life and look at the light of life. That's what you were put here on the earth to bring is to bring light to the world. You're supposed to bring a lamp of light to the world, Michael. You were not put here to bring the darkness that Murdoch has used to get where he is. Sure, he's built a $700 billion fortune showing you the darkness. Katzenberg, Hatzenberg, Matzenberg, Ratzenberg, and the others have made their trillions of dollars showing you the darkness darkness sells darkness is one of the greatest products that hollywood and the news media has ever latched onto to make their fortunes so where do we turn for our light who do you turn to in these dark times we all had hope that we'd have a salvation with a businessman in the white house do I have to finish the paragraph who do you trust What institutions can you trust anymore? Teachers? You must be joking. This is not to say all teachers are not trustworthy. There are some fabulous, heroic, wonderful teachers. But by and large, the teaching community is not what it should be. It's become an operation of propaganda. The media? Are you kidding me? The media is filled with liars and thieves Simply out to titillate you to laugh all the way to the Swiss bank while telling you they're patriots or telling you, well, they all say they're patriots, left and right. Left wing says they're patriots trying to save America from the right wing. The right wing says they're patriots trying to save America from the left wing. Now, where do you turn? Who do you, who do you, the doctor now you believe? The psychiatrists? Did you see what one of those nuts said on CNN? That Trump is responsible for more deaths than Mao, Stalin, and Hitler put together? and the schmuck on CNN who had him on didn't correct him or stop him, and the the psychiatrist himself was not fired by Duke University, and you send your children to these universities to have their brains destroyed by these putzes on tenure? So who do you turn to? Well, I I will tell you again. I've I've been here before in my life. I I go in and out of these periods, and although I've preached my faith, my political faith of borders, language, and culture to my millions of people over 25 years, uh, both on my nationally syndicated radio show... And on my website and through my books, at this time, I have to tell you, borders, language, and culture are no longer enough for me to believe in. So who do we turn to? Well, I've turned to selected passages from the book, The Rock of Ages, as Rocky Graziano called it. Yep, I told you my friend married his daughter and I was there with one rabbi. I was in awe of this guy, Rocky Graziano, I don't know who he was, one of the great great middleweight champions of all time, rough and tough as they come, and since I grew up with a father who worshipped fighters and I had to watch them every Friday night and came to understand and love the sport, when I sat in that little study in Queens, New York with my friend Mel as he married Rocky's daughter, and I met Rocky Graziano, I was astounded at his humanity. You know, he wrote Somebody Up There Likes Me. It's a great book, great, great uh, autobiography, and there was a great movie. I think Paul Newman played him in that movie. I'm not sure. I never liked Paul Newman as an actor. He was never that con- convincing. He was, too, he was too weak for those roles. But all right, he was popular with the women with the blue eyes and all that. But nevertheless, there's a guy who, when he put his hand on the Bible as his daughter was being married, he looked at me and he looked at the rabbi and his daughter. He said, this is the Rock of Ages. That's from Rocky Graziano. I never forgot that. So life has some amazing moments in it. And I'm saying to you, who do you trust right now? Tell me who you trust. The institutions that we grew up with, that we had believed in, are shattered. There's almost nothing to believe in. No shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, Genesis 2.5. Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe the Bible? No shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, Genesis 2.5, in God, faith, and reason, page 23. And there are so many other things. The wisdom of the prudent is to look well to his way, but the folly of fools is deceit, Proverbs 14.8. At the, at the end of the day, there's almost nothing to believe in but the Bible. And that is why you may be cynical about it in this age of the iPhone, in the age of, of medication, in the age of drugs. You may be cynical about God, and I'm not going to tell you not to be cynical. I'm very cynical. But the more cynical I become, the more I turn back to the only thing I can have faith in. Is it a perfect faith? No, it's a, it's a highly imperfect faith in God. I'm as much a doubter as I am a believer. I'm as much a believer as I am a doubter. And that's the thing that I'm trying to tell you, is I'm as much a sinner as I am an unsinner. In other words, I'm like every man. In other words, I'm like you. Savage. Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a Purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology, to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're you're used to. No, no. The Purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, unlike foams. It's breathable, so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero-gravity-like feel, so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free at-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight. 888 Text S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight. 888 S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight. Message and data rates may apply. Oh, God, we're going to do the high end now. We're going highbrow. I have two of the greatest guys in radio history who work with me. And they're they're so different in some ways. Jim is an honest, straightforward guy, older guy. Then I got the the cynical Robert Borowski, who rarely smiles, doesn't trust anyone or anything, including me. So I trust his his reactions to my suggestions more because he's really cynical about everything. And he's a young guy, and I have to trust his cynicism. So I read this piece to him during the break, and I said, I think I'm going to read this from God, Faith, and Reason because I don't have anything else I want to talk about. Oh, yes, I know all about the news stories. I got them all lined up on michaelsavage.com. I know every news story known to mankind. Any, any A monkey could be trained to read the news stories and try to provoke you by attacking a liberal. Why
1: is them liberals out to get us?
0: And you'll call and tell me how smart I am and how bad the liberals are. I've done it for years. I see the other schmendricks doing it, thinking they invented the format. I'm going to read you this, Lotus from the Muck. It's one paragraph in God, Faith, and Reason, which I think is worth reading. You tell me if you think it's worth your time. I began as a Buddhist, formless, in time, shaped as I was by my parents, my sister, even by my my sacrificed brother, Jerome. Jewish became my identity as a cultural being. But what was this, quote, religion I belonged to? Was it merely candles flaming me to sleep on Friday eves like two golden rails if you quietly drifted off in your father's lap, squinting up long enough to distort the twin flames? Was it great festive meals once or twice a year, the women cooking seemingly forever, great filling dishes that I now know to be dreadfully unhealthful? Was it a cheap blue suit with other boys in like outfits walking to synagogue on our atonement day dodging the goyim who chased us with nylon stockings filled with powdered chalk, swinging their mother's discarded skins to defile our once a year best and tell us we were Jews? Defined so by others, I grew up Jewish, or so I thought. Coming upon myself some 40 years into life's endlessness, approaching my own cherished boy's initiation into his people, and again, reevaluating my life, I found religion to be the least important facet of the diamond. I'm looking at it right now. I wrote that in, I don't know, 83, 82, 83. I remember the day I wrote this. Book. I remember the months I wrote that book, where I was where I was living and uh, what I was thinking about, because it's very, very interesting when you have children. life I don't understand how life can be led without a child, to be honest with you. Looking back on my life, the only thing I know is that without children, life is almost impossible, to be frank with you, because there's nothing to keep you going. What the hell is the point of living, what, just for another orgasm? I don't understand these people with the billions and the trillions who have no children, no one that they care about. What do they do every day? They float around on yachts trying to pick people up to, get, to have sex. Some of them are in their 70s and they're still doing it. How many orgasms a day can, can they have, I ask myself? What are they living for? And when you have children, not only does the child mark your time and place in time, it also gives your life a meaning. Maybe the only meaning is reproduction. I know this is anathema in a time of cheap abortion, and cheap sex, and the death of romance, and the iPhone dates, I get it, who really loves anyone anymore, it's all convenience, I suppose, but we've lived through, man has lived through cynical times before, never as cynical as these, I don't think, I do not imagine, in all the things I have read, that times were ever any more cynical than they than they are today, for many, many reasons, I'm not pointing fingers at any particular element causing it, But again, there are certain things that are universal that keep man going. And one of them is is family, marriage and family. And that will always be with mankind, whether it's for the seagulls who mate for life or man. And that is what sustains man. And once you have children, it changes your life. You ask any man, I've spoken to many men on this show and in real life. Some of them are real rough customers, but... They said that when they watched their child being born, it changed them forever. They suddenly became a different person. Ask any man who has had a child what it's done to him to have that child. It's changed that man, makes him more protective, makes him do things much much more sedately in his life, takes more care of himself because he wants to protect his wife and children. That's what most normal men do. It makes them more decent. Family is the most, oh, I don't know, the steadying sail for man who is basically a wild beast. Most men are wild, crazy beasts who need family to stabilize them. And unfortunately, we're living in a time where tradition and family has been stamped on and trampled like the grapes of wrath. And so I'll continue maybe with the news when I come back. Maybe this is too preachy. Maybe I'll stop. I don't know yet. You notice I'm not really doing the news. I do it day and night. Aren't you bored of it yet? It's Labor Day weekend. Everyone's on vacation except you and me, my little intimate audience here. I've been doing it for years, but it's like life. I mean, this is a lifeblood for me, and it must be for many of you. And uh, I have decided to reach for the stars of your heart, your emotions, because the rest is too trivial at the end of the day. Uh, Maybe one day I'll tell you why I came here again. It's unimportant, and for my personal reasons, it's kind of maudlin in a certain stupid way. But, you know, I almost saw God the other day. I thought I was going to be called, and I wasn't. I just was there, and I came back. And I don't know why it happened, how it happened, but, you know, I think that we have the power. I have felt this since I'm a kid to decide whether we're going to live or die almost moment by moment. I know it sounds crazy. I swear to God. I don't mean pick up a gun and shoot myself. That's not what I'm talking about. Sometimes I think that we have the power through the celestial forces that exist around us to put ourselves in places that will take our life away or affirm our life. Am I making any sense to you? Because I'm going to continue on this path for a little while and then maybe I'll go back to really important stuff like Trump and the G7. Please, please, I don't care anymore. You know, I don't care anymore. Leave me alone. Can't the election be held tomorrow? Do I have to go through this dog and pony show for the next two year, a year and a half? He's up. He's down. Is he going to win? Is he not going to win? He this, he that. He's not Jesus. He's only a man. He is not the salvation of humanity, nor is he the devil of humanity. He's only a man. Leave me alone already with him. I can't take any more of this Trump business. Is that the only thing on the planet? What he did, what he didn't do, what he said? Did they look at him this way? Did he look at him that way? Was he too much? Did he not enough? I don't care anymore. Just a politician. That's all. Another one. Another one in a long line. Yes, I'll vote for him. Yes, I passed the litmus test. I won't vote for the communists. Biden's going to be gone. It's going to be her. She's not going to win. She's a mean, ugly, academic woman that people detest. She's not going to win. Can we move on now? I already moved through the election. Said, I'm doing the show I'll do after the election, which is today. And I'm talking about the Eternals. What do you believe in? Who do you believe in? If you're going to call and tell me you believe in Trump, please, I don't want to hear it. How's that? I don't think he believes in Trump because I don't know which Trump it's going to be one day to the next. On Saturday, he says this about China. On Sunday, he says that about China. On Monday, his his handler says he really meant this about China. So which one did you believe in? The Saturday, the Sunday, or uh, what Ms. Grisham said on Monday? Tell me, which one did you believe in? So I want to know who you believe. Who do you trust anymore? Who? Who? Who you're going to trust anymore? This is not political. I know you're sitting there with your... See, a lot of you are sitting there like with your your lenses on. you liberal Democrats are listening to me because there's no one like me in the history of radio. There never will be. I'm the last tour de force left in radio. Everyone knows that. The top people in the media know that. And I'm the last of a certain breed in radio. It started a long time before me, but it will end with me. There is nobody that's going to ever fill my shoes. And I'm trying to make sure that the shoes I am walking in are worthy of your attention every day. Now, I could have taken today off or blown some smoke in your ear about liberal this, liberal that. And gotten you excited about this and G seven and did what did he say and what did she say? What is the point of this? Tell me, Russia this, Russia that, Jeffrey Epstein, tax the rich, don't tax the rich, Barack Obama redistricting, Queen's woman raped by two men, one waving a gun. And I look at robbery victim, sucker punched and kicked at New York City bus stop, suffers brain hemorrhage, clinging to life. They're stomping on a guy's head that was just sitting in a bus stop in the Bronx. Two black men beating up another black man in this case. So it's not even racially motivated. It's just hate motivated. I've never, ever lived through a time that is as ugly as now. People said to me, you lived through the 60s. What was it like? Was it as bad as this? No, this is much worse. Man's inhumanity to man in America today is at the lowest, or at a fever pitch, rather, to put it another way. I have never seen such a lack of humanity. Oh, there were always rapes and murders and this and that. I'm not sweeping them under the rug. But the extent of the hatred of man to another man with no humanity, I've never seen. There was a robbery here and there and a a this and a that and a holdup, but they never went out of their way to maliciously harm the victim as they do now. Don't know exactly what it is. Don't quite know what it is. You want to blame Trump or you don't want to blame CNN? Take a choice. Neither will be true. Robbery victim, sucker punched and kicked at NYC bus stop, suffers brain hemorrhage, clinging to life. And while you're at it, let's talk about the police for a minute. Someone has said there are wolves, and then there are uh, the dogs, the wolfhounds, and then there are sheep. And he said most of us are sheep, Most of us are sheep, even those in talk radio on oxygen and uh, steroids who cough their way through shows in a near-death store who make believe they're tough guys. They're sheep. Everyone in radio is basically just a sheep, no matter how tough they may sound or act. Sheep. And then you have the wolves trying to get to the sheep. And then you have the wolfhounds called the police and the military. Without the wolfhounds, we'd all be devoured by the wolves. And yet, the wolfhounds who we have faith in, are ripped to shreds and attacked by the vermin sheep in the media. Do I have to name them? The the verminous sheep in the media attack our wolfhounds, and as a result, the wolfhounds are less likely to protect you. If they're driving in a car and they see you being assaulted, can you blame the wolfhound if he won't stop the car and drive on when he knows if he stops to protect you, the sheep, being attacked in the street by the wolf? A wolf... In a black robe will put the police, the wolf hound in prison, not the wolf who tried to attack you. The judges are totally corrupt, almost top to bottom in corrupt cities like San Francisco. Are you joking? Was there one or two judges you can trust here and there? It's shocking. A woman is raped and then they let the guy out, uh, beaten, rather beaten almost to death. And they let the guy out the next second and the judge isn't thrown in jail. She's given another award by the, by the uh, idiots who run the city and state. The people don't trust them anymore. They don't trust the law. I give you many examples. I don't have to give you any more examples than you already know. So the wolfhounds, called the police, have turned their back in many ways in big cities. Can you blame them? They can't do their jobs. If they do do their jobs, the vermin in black robes turn them into the criminals. They lose their jobs and pensions and maybe their freedom. What would you do if you're a wolfhound and you're spit upon in the streets of New York because of the communist piece of crap mayor that they have? The hateful piece of garbage, de Blasio lying, phony criminal mayor, communist lying, phony piece of garbage worm mayor that they have in New York has turned the entire city against the police. So the wonderful citizens of New York who were not allowed to mention throw water at them, fight them when they try to arrest them. But we're not supposed to see what's going on. We're supposed to look the other way. But most of us can't look away anymore. It's a meltdown, and we see the meltdown of law and order. And most of us are worried. Most of us ignore it, actually. We're not even worried. Guy falls in the elevator. Did you ever see that picture last week of the guy who was stepping out of his elevator in his luxury apartment in Manhattan? Luxury apartment. Poor kid. One guy steps out, he steps out, the elevator collapses. He gets trapped between the wall and the elevator and crushed to death. I can't imagine what what that must have been like. I can only imagine. I have a very vivid imagination. Did you see the video footage of the lobby of the other people as they walked by as he fell into the shaft? One girl, again, what shall I say, attractive? Why? Because she's skinny and she has tight clothing on and an iPhone in her hand. She's attractive. She looks and goes, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, and puts her hand over it, doesn't try to help. That, that's a millennial. She was busy rushing off to a, a Pilates class somewhere. Another one, a guy walks by, starts to walk in circles in, 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 in a panic attack around the lobby, doesn't help. That's the, Amer- <laughs> that's the world we're living in. Yeah, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's all I had to say. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's what they say. Eight years old, 80 years old. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. What God? What God? The God you don't believe in? The God of the iPhone? Oh my God. There is no God, right? God is dead. Maybe he's dead to you, he's not dead to me. He's not dead to most of the of the civilized world, by the way. Most of the people I know still have faith. I don't know how, but they do. So what do you want to talk about? I'm gonna take it right now. I got some great callers here. You cannot believe this. When I asked you, who do you trust, do you trust anyone anymore, any institution? Who can you trust anymore? Here's a caller that I think you'll remember. Jeff in Southern California, Line 6. Thank you for calling the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please.
2: Yeah, Dr. Savage, I just wanted to reiterate how you were talking about how your life changed when, you're, uh, when you have kids. I mean, you know, I don't know if the callers remember me before. I was on a, a SWAT team, and, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm a heartless, you know, Sicario or anything, but I had my share of uh, officer-involved incidents, and, um, they really didn't faze me. And then um, after I settled down and had a family, and um, I had a critical incident shooting, uh, whatever you want to call it, and um, I, I'm not kidding you, my my baby, my my son, his I, he it was flashing through my you know, uh, and I saw him, and it was. So wait,
0: wait, slow down a minute. You're a SWAT team officer in Southern California, and during a shooting incident, your son's face came to mind in the middle of the shooting.
2: Yes, yes, Dr. Savage, and it's something that, that I'm still dealing with because you know you just uh, it's uh, uh, it was it was weird. you hear about it in training, you know you go out and handle your business. So
0: so your son obviously is, is is still with us, right he's alive. It's not that he was there. I want to be clear to the audience. It's that you realized at that second of the shooting incident what that your life was important for him, Is that what you think it means?
2: Yes, Dr. Savage, my son is still with us, and yes, that's what I think it means, just like you were saying about how, you know, because before, you know, I would, um, and I still would have, that was the oath I took, and, you know, I would have been there, you know, and sacrificed for the for the public, and, and, and that's not, I'm not, that's what I did. That's
0: ah, I hear what you're saying, so a cautionary image came to your mind of, be a little more cautious than you would have been before you had your child, is somewhat what you're saying, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Okay.
0: Okay. Because I was saying, children are, an, are a uh, stabilizing influence on on men, in particular, and especially amongst tough men, they change when they have children. Their ways of life change, usually in a more civil for a more civilized in a more civilized direction. Yeah. Well, hey, thank God for that that situation. I hope that you're with us another hundred years, and your children too. And thank you for calling. Well, I was hoping beyond imagination that I would reach people like I just did. You know, I tell you, the guys work hard with the sound and the stories, and I do it all morning, and then I throw it all away, and I say, you know what, I can't do it. I don't want to talk about Trump one more second. I don't want to talk about the G7. I don't care about it. I don't want to talk about an election that's been going on since I was born, and, and it'll go on until the end of time. I'm sick of it. It's all media-generated. It's all crap. Let us talk about some fundamentally important things like life today for everyone listening to this show. What do you believe in? If anything, I'll be back to take your
1: calls. Savage.
0: Welcome back to the Savage Nation. As you can see, I have veered away from the news of the day. News of the day. Give a monkey the stories and give him a microphone and the monkey could do a show. Attack one side or the other. Trump did it. Fascists did it. Racists did it. White people did it. Liberals did it. Communists did it. Socialists did it. What if you want to take a break from it? It's insanity at a certain point to, to dwell on this day and night. There's a whole world out there. That's why I feed birds once in a while. Or play with my dog, right? I mean, how much can you take of this man-made, you talk about man-made global warming, How about the man-made lie of the news? News is now a, a business beyond comprehension. When did it become such a business? North, east, west, and south. That's where the word news comes from. All the happenings of the world, and if there's nothing happening, make it happen. That's the adage of those in the tabloid business, make it happen. Now, there's a lot of stuff happening, but I don't want to talk about it. So I'm asking you, who do you trust anymore in this cynical time? And believe me, the calls are coming flying in over the transom, and I'll be back in the next hour. Please stay on the line. Every one of you who are on the line, stay on the line.
1: The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. So here we are, we're talking about a number of things, and I don't want to
0: bring you up to speed on what we're talking about, I'm going to let the callers do it. So we're going to Aaron in Arkansas on line two. Aaron, go ahead. You've got the uh, attention of the Savage Nation.
3: How are you doing? Hey, I'm uh, here. This is one of the best shows I've I've heard in 10 years. I've missed this for a long time. And you're spot on. Uh, I, not that you needed my approval, but the lack of men today is an issue. And I, I thought of First Corinthians thirteen eleven when you were talking. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, <laughs> understood as a child. Mm-hmm. It out oh. when I became a man, I put away childish things, and Beautiful. I that pretty well summed it up. What you were that trying is to
0: well say. put that is well put, but I wonder where our nation is today. It seems we've gone I think we've gone retrograde.
3: Childish Nation full of childish men.
0: Oh, do we ever? You don't live in the San Francisco area.
3: You, no, see, sir, men, I, no. you see men walking <laughs> no. around dressed, you see
0: men walking around dressed like eight year old boys trying to keep up with their children if they have children. To begin with, the men want to look like boys. They don't want to look like men. They're afraid to be a man. I feel that they're going to be picked on by the, uh, by the women or something. I don't know what it is.
3: You're going to have three children, and I wouldn't take nothing for it. It changes a man when you have kids. How, how old are they? They are six, uh, f- uh, 14, 10, and 6, two girls and a boy.
0: Oh, God bless you, man. You're the bedrock of America.
3: Thank bedrock you. of America.
0: Aaron, let me send you a copy of – I can get you – I think I can get you a Savage Life. I can't get you God, Faith, and Reason anymore because that was an older book. I love that book, but I'm going to get you a Savage Life. And I want everyone to pay attention to to what we're doing today. We're talking about: Do you trust anyone anymore? Are, is there any institution or individual that you believe in? You believe in the church at this stage of uh, evolution? You believe in anyone in the media? You believe in doctors? Right, who do you believe in? I, I think that this age of cynicism is making people go down to the bedrock of their soul to try and figure out who to believe in and what to follow, right? And it's times like these that are dangerous for an individual and for a nation because con men could come along, con women could come along, and like Jesus say, follow me for I am, for I am the Lord, right? A lot of people say, follow me for I am the Lord. You got them on television with the, the makeup, Follow me because I am the Lord of truth. Follow me because I am the Lord of truth, they say. Many follow them. They believe them. And I'm not here to tell you not to believe in it or believe in it, but they follow them. Why? Why can't you follow the Eternals? Why can't you follow your own instincts? Why can't you follow yourself? Why can't you follow the ethics of your fathers? They weren't good enough for him. The ethics of your fathers weren't good enough for your fathers. Suddenly, you throw it out the window. What? Because Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook told you to trust no one but him. So where has where has it gone? Our civilization went out the window in one generation. Gone. We read that um, the younger generation has less faith in patriot, less patriotism, less faith. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in country. What the hell do they believe in? What their impulses, which are controlled by medication. What do they believe in? You're going to follow the youth, you're going to wind up dead. Children are not supposed to lead us any more than a puppy dog is supposed to lead us. You listen to a puppy, you let a puppy dog lead you? That's what you get a leash for. The same with a child. You need to put a mental leash on a child. They're not meant to lead us. They're not put here like angels to lead us somewhere. They may be angelic in some way, but believe me, they're not here to lead us. I once dedicated one of my early books to my son, I said, to Blank, who both follows and leads the way. I was very lucky. I was very lucky because our children can lead us with questions sometimes that are stunning. If I could ever tell you some of the things that my children have said to me at critical junctures in my life that stunned me, shocked me like a a lightning bolt through me with a question, it's happened. But where do we as the general public go today in this age of cynicism? Believe me, we don't believe in politicians. Our faith in the political world is at an all-time low. Our faith in the media is near zero. Our faith in what? Academia zero. <clears throat> there are pure sciences that we can believe in, and that's something that people who have questioned reality for ages have gone to. I remember the years I decided to go into the world, for example, of botany. You say, well, what kind of science is that? Well, if you ask a question like that and you're an ignoramus who belongs in law school, because botany is the core of all of life on Earth, meaning plants. They're the core base of all of our food, the core base of the animal's food. So if you understand botany, you understand the Earth. If you understand the Earth, you can understand the cosmos, etc. Now, Linus Pauling, one of the great geniuses of all time, who I told you once said the reason he went into chemistry is because he was searching for the truth, and he figured that as his, as his in his analysis, he said chemistry gives him the greatest opportunity to know what, what true is true and what's false is false. What he meant was, if you study the table of the elements and you study what gold is and then you analyze it chemically, gold is gold, lead is lead, silver is silver, antimony is antimony, and so forth and so on. They're, they're almost immutable truths in chemistry. And that's why it is so appealing to people with analytical minds because it's not fuzzy, it's real, it's not ethnic studies, It's not women's studies. It's real, which is why so much of the college work today is so worthless. They make up studies on their own, study ethnic studies. What are they studying? How great they are? And they give themselves awards on how great they are, and then they write it up in academic jargon. 1.5 credit hours to study the contributions of psychotic morons like ourselves through the ages, Okay, you get the sarcasm. It wasn't a very good sarcastic comment, but you sort of get the picture. Astrophysics, science. I'll tell you where science is in the surgeon's blade. <laughs> he knows what reality is, doesn't he? The surgeon the surgeon is not like the judge or the lawyer. <clears throat> the surgeon cannot parse the truth like the lawyer can, can he? The surgeon is there with the scalpel and you're laying there on the anesthesia and your heart is beating away and he sees your heart beating and he's trying to open your your arteries to put in uh, some uh, new arterial material from your thigh. He knows what the truth is. He doesn't have to ask himself any questions whether he succeeded that day, does he? The surgeon knows the truth. Baseball player knows the truth too. Baseball player throws a knuckleball or he throws a fastball. He knows whether he threw that right or wrong. I'll tell you who knows the truth. A fighter knows the truth. Put him in a ring with a fighter equally matched with himself. He knows what the truth is when that fist comes down upon his head. He knows exactly what the truth is. He doesn't have to doubt himself or doubt reality or question who he is or question what he is or where he is or how he is when he's in that ring. It's him and the fists of the other man. He knows what the truth is. I can go down the list for you. I'm in one of these moods of pure and absolute incandescent reality right now. But why am I doing this today? That's the real question. It's only Tuesday of the week. We're moving into the Labor Day weekend, normal American holiday, the barbecue, the this, the that. Everyone's away on vacation. You can't reach anybody in business. They're all gone back. You get the emails back, back September 3rd. And so you say, well, okay, great. Have a nice time. I'm here. I'm not (laughs) not going anywhere. I don't plan on going anywhere. I want to be here. I want to be here. Why do I want to be here? Why do I want to be here when I don't have to be here? Why do I do this when I don't have to do this? Haven't I done enough of this, dear Lord? What do you want from me? I don't think I don't ask myself these questions, and the answer is always the same, because you were put here to do this, and you have no choice in it, so shut up and keep working, that's all. But I have a role. I understand my role. I found my place in time a long time ago. I found it before radio. I found it with writing. Now I found it with speaking, and this gives me a reason to live. Otherwise, life would be pretty empty. There are only so many vacations you can take. There are only so many days that you can look at the beauty of the earth until you get bored. Or as the man said, if you've seen one wave, you've seen them all. But then again, people are different. I see guys driving around with surfboards in their car. They can do that endlessly. In the endless summer of the surfer, they like riding that wave. The people who like these things. It doesn't mean they're lesser than me or more than me. Just, you know, everyone's different in a way. And you used to say in the 60s, whatever floats your boat, right? Well, radio floats my boat. It always has it and it always will. As a man said to me when I began in this business, which was rather late in my life, I got to tell you something right now. When I began this career, most men were wrapping up their careers and retiring. And they've been watering their lawn ever since. That's all they do is water their lawn, watching the sprinklers go back and forth, back and forth. They clip that grass so many times that every blade is perfect. God, can you imagine doing that for 10, 20 years of your life after you retire? Watering and clipping your lawn? <laughs> I wonder there's not more mass murders. I'm just joking. I, I would go crazy. I don't know how anybody could do that. You need, if you have an active mind, you have to use that active mind, right? In a positive manner, or it becomes a negative thing. So that's what we're trying to do today. That's what I'm trying to do today, is bring you to yourself. What I'm asking you, who do you trust in this time, in a cynical time? I think we've all been jaundiced by what's going on. In America today especially those of us if I dare say who voted for the current president it does not mean that we're not gonna vote for him again but anyone who is not cynical after these two years is not really thinking about what's going on you can blame anybody you want but at the end of the day you got to stop believing in a man you got to stop believing in man because man is always gonna disappoint you it's the fault of the apple we're warned about it in the Bible Any man on earth, any woman on earth, meaning in the same way, of course, will disappoint us because it's the fault of the apple. It's that simple. And so you can't believe, you can't put your faith in someone because that someone will disappoint you in some way or die on you, and then what are you going to have? What's going to happen when you have? What if you have total faith in a loved one? You fall in love, you get married, and that woman or that man becomes your whole life. What happens when that person leaves the earth? What are you going to become? Who will you turn to? Who will, you, who will be your North Star? I, I saw it happen with a man once. I'll never forget it. I God, what a story this is. I, I don't have time. I'm in one of these soliloquies now. It was in London, England. I knew the man over a number of years. He was a very famous art dealer. And his wife and he, I don't know what kind of marriage they had. I have to figure like anyone else. They lived through World War II. They became very wealthy in the art world. They led led the high life in London. They built it on their own. They lived in one of the finest apartments in another country house. Well, his wife died, and he was left alone. And I flew to London to be with him because he had become a patron of my science work when no one else on earth believed in me. He funded me in a in a similar in a simple in a way that kept me going for a while because he believed in me. He said, "Well, I I believe that we have to go back to where the gentleman funded the science that was unique," and he did. And he helped me and became very close to the family. Well, I saw what happened to this man when his wife died. I saw him repeat himself over and over and over again and walk in circles in his apartment. It was like out of Shakespeare because she was his bedrock. She was his rock of ages and of truth. And when she, she went, he, he was lost. When I wanted to leave that apartment to go for a walk, he, was, he didn't want me to leave. He actually wouldn't let me out of the apartment. I had become a prisoner because he was afraid to be alone. So you can't, have, you can't put too much of yourself into another person, is what I'm trying to caution you. What can you put yourself in? I'll let you figure it out. Back in a minute. Savage. It is the Savage Nation, and we're talking about who do you trust in these cynical times. I think it's a fundamentally important philosophical question that anyone can answer, whether you're a mass murderer incarcerated in a maximum security prison (laughs) listening to this show, or an angel somewhere working in a monastery, you'll have an answer to that. Someone says on the uh, Twitter feed, when I asked, who do you trust in these cynical times, the man says, my barber. I think that's funny. I've often thought about it. What if the barber's a psycho? You know, you got to trust your barber. There's no question about that. But who? Oh, seriously, who do you trust? And you have a conflict over these questions. And uh, does this belong in talk radio? I mean, this is not commercial radio. Oh, my God, isn't commercial radio something else? Isn't commercial radio supposed to be screaming and yelling? Hey, everybody! It's radio. Look, I have a microphone and I'm hysterical in the morning show. Ha 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 ha! Isn't that radio? Tell me what radio is. Everything's changed, including radio. I'm the only one who seems to know it's changed. Everyone else is stuck in amber. They fell into the amber pit of the 1990s. Well, those liberals and the reason we're in trouble. No, it's those racist white people are in trouble. All right, you pay your money and take your choice. Boca Raton, Eliana, Line 8, what is your answer to that question?
4: Um, the answer to that question, um, well, I'm supposed to start with what I called for, which is to say how much I identify and appreciate with your um, spiritual conflicts and growth. I really appreciate you sharing it with with us. I'm a kosher convert, so I clearly identify with it. And who do I trust? Right. As I
0: said, I'm as faithful as the next and as unfaithful as the next to the concept and the belief in, in God. So what can you do? I'm an ordinary man.
4: Right, right. Well, thank God. And aren't we all? You know, we think we're well, special. No, no. And some, we are... in
0: radio, some in radio pretend that they wrote the Constitution or they uh, wrote the Bill of Rights or they wrote the Bible. And the, the second coming of Jesus.
4: I lost you for a number of years until about a year ago. I figured out I could stream you on the internet, and and sometimes your truth is so raw. I have to take a few days off, especially when it comes to the uh, you know politics, because so do so do I. But I,
0: sometimes the truth is so raw. I have to take a few days off.
4: Love it when you talk about off-brand things like this. Really important things
0: about about what what. Did you just say? About what?
4: We talk about off-brand things like this, like the larger picture and that.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Well, I appreciate your questioning yourself. It's all there is. Savage. Look at the cynical people running the entertainment business today. Look at the degeneracy and the filth and the darkness that they inflict upon us on a daily. They've done this for 35 straight years. The nation has had a collective nervous breakdown, as has the world, from the vermin in the media. Look what they have done to the world with their hatred and their darkness and their deceit. Do I have to give specific examples? I won't. So I posted this on Twitter, and I said, who do you have faith in in these cynical times? Someone writes, John D. Rockefeller put his son, when he was a toddler, on a chair and stepped back. He told him to jump off, don't be afraid, I'll catch you. He jumped, He jumped, and and Rockefeller Sr. let him hit the floor. The boy cried, and the father said, let this be your first lesson. Trust no one, not even me. Answer, no one, is his answer. So when I ask, who do you trust? He says, no one. That's an interesting answer, but he gave an example. Jump off the chair, don't be afraid, I'll catch you. Boy jumps in hits the floor and hurts himself. Boy cries. He looks up. He says, Daddy, father says, let this be a lesson to you. Trust no one, not even me. I never heard that story. It's a good one. I wouldn't suggest that you do it with your children for a number of reasons, but it's an interesting story. Trust no one. Then you'll never be, <laughs> you'll never be disappointed <laughs> if you do that with your kid. I have a, a child-rearing story. I told it the other day to a friend of mine. And he thinks he was probably amazed by it. I don't really know. I was, uh, I don't know, living in Hawaii at the time or visiting Hawaii, visiting. And uh, my son was turning 13, I believe, or I, I think so, somewhere at that age period. And I hung around a certain beach that I liked. It was near, near a hotel because I don't like isolated beaches. I had too many of them. And I don't like isolation to begin with. I like quietude and privacy, but I don't like isolation. It's two different things. So I go to a certain place where there was like a barbecue nearby. You could smell the hamburgers if you wanted. In the hotel, you go in the lobby and you get back in your car and leave. But there's people around. So I always met someone interesting over there. It was in Honolulu down on the end. I forget. the. I don't remember the island beach. I'm not quite sure. what Near the old natatorium, the old swim thing. So I I struck up friendships with different people. One of them was a a trained martial artist of some sort. I don't know his skill level, but we got to talk. And I told him about, you know, I'm raising a son and a daughter. And he said to me, this is a very good thing to do with your son. He said, take him over to the Honolulu Zoo in front of the lion's cage and stand there in front of him and hold his hand and tell him that the lion is going to roar at him. And to to tell him not to flinch that the lion can't hurt him, he's behind the cage, and do it over and over and over again, over and over again with your son. Let him feel the hot breath of that lion and see the size of his teeth. And then teach him never to fear another man. Now, there's a limit to that truth, of course. A man needs to know when to fear another man to survive. You can be a fool not to fear another man. But I'm saying within certain parameters, you've got to teach your son to have courage in order for him to go through life, or he'll be stepped on. He'll be stripped naked and thrown onto the third rail of life if you don't teach your children to to have courage in front of other men because people are vicious, as you well know. Just a little side note, not a big, you know, take-it-home thing. And I'm not saying now look for the zoo with the lion. Go look to the zoo and the lion. I don't know. You get arrested today if you do it. You take a child to a zoo today, and you stand in front of the lion's cage, and the lion roars, and your son starts to cry. Some ninny woman will report you to the local authorities. You'll get arrested for child abuse, so I wouldn't suggest you do it. They want your son to be a wimp who runs away scared and hides behind your back. That's the kind of boy that they want in the schools. That's who the Elizabeth Warrens of America want. That's who she represents, by the way. She represents the meanest face of feminism you could ever imagine. And so that's really when we get into politics now. It's like, yeah, that's the choice we're going to have now. She's the salvation of, the, of the America, America, the mean feminist from the university system. Are you kidding me? The Seltzer man, he's done. He's gone. He's finished. He's he's, he's gone. Seltzer man's gone. Uh, the other one doesn't know if he's even running. You don't I forgot his name. You don't know where he is. He doesn't know who he is. Why he's running. What his name is. He's finished. The others you never heard of. So who's left? Her, the nasty feminist, the nasty mean faced college teacher that you've always hated. She's going to run and win? Are you joking? How many people would vote for her? Yeah, probably a lot. Probably the anti-Trump vote will go for her. No Trump people are ever going to go for her. So he's in again if he, doesn't, if he doesn't do something horrendous between now and the election. I would recommend he stop talking from now till the election. He's going to win by a landslide. If he did nothing, he'd be better off than tweeting again. Why does he respond to stupid people in the media? Bill Maher, you hear? That moron puts. How does he get away with what he does, Bill Maher? Everyone knows what he does in Hollywood, not implying anything, but how does he get away with it? How? What, is he cleaner than the driven snow? He has no skeletons in his closet? Are you joking? Why does anyone pay attention to that putz on HBO? Because the machine is behind them. It's like anyone on Fox. They have a PR machine that you cannot believe. Day and night promotion of their their, uh, actors. The Marionettes have tremendous promotion. So you see and read about them day and night. The same with HBO. They own the media. And if you're an independent like I am and you have no one pushing your name or supporting you, it's a harder job. But guess what I'm about to say to you? Somehow the truth has a way of coming through the darkness and it will it will survive on its own. I don't know what it is. It's like light will come through anything. Light will find its way to the surface. You don't need a PR machine. if you If you're projecting light... That light will get through the darkness of the world that we live in. I live in. I swear to you, I know it's true. You know, this nation's filled with what? How many people now? What's the number today? I don't know. 300 million people live in this country. That's not a lot of people considering there are over 7 billion people on the planet. We're a small nation. Do you realize that we're a small number of people in a sea of horrible darkness, that most of the world is clamoring to eat us alive and take everything that we own, and that we have people in Congress who come from that world, that would like to eat us alive and take everything that we own, whether it be an ungrateful Omar with the with the head thing, the scarf, wearing it like a weapon. You know that she wears the whole head scarf as a weapon. Makes her you can't say a word about her except me, because I don't I don't care what they put on their head. It means nothing to me. I judge the character, not the head scarf or non head scarf. I don't care what anyone puts on their head. I care what they, comes out of their mouth. Here's a woman, the most ungrateful person in the history of America. Rescued by Americans, brought to America with her whole family, and she hates the country. Then you got the other one, T-Lab, are never a face of evil. If you were trying to do a poster of evil, it would be T-Lab from Michigan. How the hell do these people speak for the Democrat Party? Where the heck is Nancy Pelosi? How does she let these two? How does she let them hijack? And the other one with the mouth that doesn't shut up with the teeth, the horse face from, uh, from Queens. The, the bartender, the three of them together. Then there's another one in the, in the, in the group that goes along for the ride. Yeah, yeah he's a racist. What did you say? Racist. Yeah, racist. White supremacist. Yeah, white supremacist too. That, that's four of them. They got four the four horsewomen of the apocalypse. And they now represent the Democrat Party. They're not winning. They're not winning. There's no one voting for them. If the whole world could vote, yes, then they'd vote against America to take away everything you own. And possibly throw you down a well. But they don't vote in our elections, by the way. The only people who vote in our elections are us. Now, admittedly, there are a lot of suicidal Americans who would like to see the country gone, including themselves. They have white guilt and this and that. But they don't represent the majority of Americans at all, by any means. So if Trump would just back off the throttle a little bit, he doesn't really have to respond to every schmuck in the media and every putz who attacks him. He can let it go. Let it ride, man. You're on top. You're not running right now. You're the president. Let it go. Take a breather. Take your foot off the gas. Coast a little bit. Put it in overdrive. Man, you're in the White House. Let them say what they want. What the hell is the difference what they say? Why must you respond? Every time you respond, you bring yourself down a notch. That would be my advice, but right now, no. No. Now, if you think I'm on the out, you're wrong. I'm not really on the outs. I'm on the ins, but I don't talk about it. But when it comes to this behavioral stuff, no one li- he doesn't listen to anybody. He's a man unlike any other in the presidency that I know of, and he'll do exactly what he wants when he does. And some of you love that, and you can- I can understand why you hate the media so much and the liberals so much you don't care what he does. So it's a war. I get it. And you'd like to see him just be our war, our, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Not our Viking, our knight. He's our knight in the war. K-N-I-G-H-T, for those of you who can't spell. He's our knight. He's the knight of the right. Take that and run with it, steal it. So, okay, so you like the knight of the right to just run at them with the lance. But there's a risk with that. And the risk is he becomes Sancho Panza tilting at windmills. That was written about in great literature which was in the Fables of Don Juan. Now, so literature teaches us a lot. You can go from being a a noble knight to a fool who tilts at windmills, if you're not careful, both in your own life or whether you're in the presidency. And that's what he has to watch out for. See, I would like to be able to sit there like the wise man and like have jelly beans. I don't eat jelly beans. He could eat the jelly beans and drink the Diet Cokes. I would have like tofu and eggplant, which I just had. I have a burger tonight with him, but, you know, once, maybe once in a while. I do the burger job. I'd like to talk to him in fables because I think the president would love fables. I think he's sick and tired of people telling him the same political advice. But fables, I think he would like. If I told him about, you can be the knight with the big lance, but be careful you don't become uh, Don Juan tilting at windmills. He would like that story. He would understand it. he'd get it. His mind works differently than most people. And I understand that mind very, very well because I think in uh, what's the word I was pictograms. My mind is very different than the average mind. You may not know that, but I have been told my whole life I think in pictograms. It's an unusual quality that is often misinterpreted by those who can't think pictographically. And if you can think pictographically, you can understand what I'm saying to you. But let, let's not go there. It's too much. It's too much for those faithful out there who don't want to hear all of this. And I'm not trying to act like I'm too smart, but I'm just saying to you We're doing something unique today of who you believe in, right? So let me go back to the callers for a moment, because I have some real winners here, including Debbie in New York, line two. Debbie, who do you have faith in?
5: I have faith in the honeybees.
0: Okay, tell us why.
5: Well, you brought up botany and plants, and if anyone is connected at all to nature or the planet, you should... Have a good understanding of the plant world, but the honeybees are the connection between the plants and the animals, and they are what makes the plants able to reproduce in order to make the food to feed the whole world, including. That is
0: beautiful. So you're, you're a beekeeper, Debbie? I,
5: I am a beekeeper.
0: That's an amazing. I never had a beekeeper call in a quarter of a century. I could ask you a thousand questions, they'd all be uh, interesting answers to me. But in summation, the bees, how are the
5: bees doing? Well, last winter in North America, we had, uh, well, in America, we had the worst die-off ever recorded. Oh. So, if you just take that snippet in time. um, Wait,
0: wait, wait. I've been reading about it. Why are the bees dying off?
5: Well, the main reason why they're dying is because we have an invasive species called the varroa mite, and it came from China. And it uh, would be like a tick the size of a basketball on you. So that's how big it is on the honeybee. Boy, is that
0: symbolic of is that symbolic of what's going on in our America today? Isn't it?
5: Uh, yeah. Pathogens, blood sucking, and giving uh, viruses. Actually, the the varroa mite doesn't suck the blood of the bees, but it actually attacks their, their organ that's like a liver. So, it's oh my really, god, um, it really it harms. So, them.
0: so the liars in the media and in science would tell us they're dying off because of global warming. You told us the reality of what's
5: happening. Well, I can tell you, I would call it climate change, and climate change is um, causing trouble with the honeybees in that plants are flowering at different times of the year or not flowering at all, or too much rain could cause the nectar to be washed away. Or
0: no, I, I agree <laughs> that this. I believe there's climate change. There's no question there is climate change. Only a fool wouldn't agree with that. However, what people seem to not understand... As was pointed out today by one of my listeners who wrote an article, Claude G. Kazana, Kazanavi. He says, I'm a physicist and have worked on spacecraft design for 30 years. And he said, all planets in our solar system are heating up. And he tries to explain why all planets in our solar system are heating up. But to reduce that argument to the fact that man needs to change his economic system to change that is a ludicrous argument because, A, it wouldn't work, and B, it's, it's false. But, Debbie, thank you so much for bringing us the sound of the honeybee on the Savage Nation. Savage. I have only a minute left of this remarkable day in the Savage Nation history, and I want to generate you over to uh, direct you to the Savage Nation website, michaelsavage.com. We put up a new feature today. And it says, see your name in lights on your favorite site, this one. And we've asked you to send short editorials or opinions or essays. And we'll post it with your name. You say, well, okay, big deal. Well, it's like a letter to the editor in the old days. And you get the exposure maybe that you're looking for or you get your ideas out there. And we already have one up on global warming by Mr. Kazanavi that I mentioned in the last break, who is a physicist who has worked on spacecraft design for over 30 years. And he said, no global warming arguments, both pro and con, have mentioned that all the planets in our solar system are heating up, especially noticeable with the severely shrunken polar ice caps on the planet Mars. It's an amazing essay. You're not going to find it anywhere else. He has an outlet. You're the readership. If you have a great idea or a great opinion, send it to michaelsavage.com. If it's good, we'll put it up. Until tomorrow, with God's will and your listenership, I shall return.
1: The Westwood One Podcast Network.